Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Nora Liz Casanova is the logistics manager for Karsten Interior Services, a commercial construction subcontractor in Houston, Texas. Nora is also on the board of directors for the National Association of Women in Construction and led this year's Women in Construction Week Committee in Houston. She is also in charge of the Houston NAWIC Mentoring Program and is the co-chair for the Associated Buildings and Contractors of Greater Houston Ladies Operating for Growth in Construction Committee. She was recently recognized as a rising star leading Houston's real estate by BizNow. Nora holds three degrees, international business, supply chain management, and entrepreneurship from the University of Texas, has completed the Harvard Business School Online Management Essentials Certificate Program, and is currently enrolled in the University of Texas at Arlington Construction Management Master Program. Welcome to the Hazard Girls Podcast, Nora. Emily, thank you so much. I am very honored to be part of this great podcast program. What a great idea. Thank you so, so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you love the podcast and we're thrilled to have you. Congrats on the rising star recognition. Thank you so much, Emily. Well, you know how it is. I do not get there by myself. There's always, you know, a behind the scenes supporting team that help you get there. But I felt really, really honored to be part of that program and that whole, you know, thing that this now puts together. Yeah, that's really wonderful. And Nora, you and I connected this past spring of when we got together as part of WIC Week, Women in Construction Week. Your NAWIC chapter organized this incredible women's PPE, Personal Protective Equipment Runway Show. And Juno Jones was just thrilled to be a part of that and to see our boots on your runway. I mean, it was a really cool red carpet and these incredible badass women just rocked the boots. So, you know, we do fashion weeks, regular fashion weeks, but there is just something about a fashion show all about women's personal protective equipment. It's so empowering, so inspiring. I I do want to get into that, ask you more about the fashion show, but before... I do that. Let's learn a little bit about you. I just learned that you're originally born in Mexico, which I'm going to be there next week. So we were chatting about that, but let's hear about that. Sure, of course. So like you said, I was born and raised in Mexico. I moved to El Paso to go to the University of Texas at El Paso, which I majored in three degrees, did a couple internships with 500 fortune companies like Disney World Company, CH Robinson Worldwide. And then moved to Houston for my first big job. I was working for a third-party logistics company. I've always been really good at logistics. I'm a planner by heart, and I am very strict when it comes to timelines and deadlines. So I write my own book of business that specialized in construction material and wholesale distribution. 
I put in the work. I work 60 hour week sometimes. And those that work in logistics know that moving loads at 8 p.m. and taking phone calls late after business hours, it's not an unconventional thing. So I had a colleague there that thought that my work ethics was, you know, a great fit for a drywall construction company that was hiring at that moment. And that's how I got connected to Karsten Interior Services. So I started working for Karsten six years ago, had no idea about construction, had no idea that construction was actually a career option for really? a woman. So you may, when I saw your different degrees, you have these three degrees that are completely relevant to construction. I mean, my degrees, I feel like it's, it's really iffy, like women's studies. Okay. Okay. But yours are like, it's entrepreneurship. And what are the other two? Supply chain management and international business. And you know what, Emily, like I wish I had the chance to major in construction. Like if I could go back and do it all over again, I would absolutely want that degree. And that's the reason why, like right now in my career, I want to get also the technical side of the house. And that's why I got involved with the master construction degree right now. But yeah, had no idea that construction was, you know, an opportunity for a woman, especially coming from Mexico. You just like drive around the job sites and never see a woman on site. So I just never saw myself working in here. So after, you know, word of mouth, I got hired with Carson Interior Services as a management consultant in which I got to spend some time in the accounting, accounts payable, equipment management, and ended up focusing in the procurement side of the house. Today, I actually run the logistics department, which consists of the warehouse operations, the drivers, facilities, equipment management, and procurement strategies. So it's funny how, like you just said, but they all kind of like mapped out and worked on my advantage. So that's pretty much my story and how I got to the construction world. Well, you are completely rocking it, Nora. You would think you plan the whole thing perfectly. And I guess you are a planner, so maybe you make it seem that way. So what would you say is like a typical day for you at your company? What sort of work do you do? Are you out in the field? Are you? So I am behind the screens pretty much at all times. My phone is my biggest tool because I get phone calls from the field at all times. We, of course, get requests from the field through, you know, emails. And now we have a system and a program, which everything's integrated nowadays. So it's nice. But my day Typical day, if I'm having a productive day, it's chaos. That's how I would describe it. My role as a logistics manager is to serve the field and service the field to whatever they need. The structures are not going to go vertical without material. So it's on my side of the house to get that to them on the right quantities at the right time, exactly what they're asking for. Now with the whole COVID pandemic, this has been a challenge trying to find ways to fulfill all this request and making sure we're staying ahead of things. But that's pretty much how my day goes along. I, of course, also handle, you know, warehouse operations and equipment and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes I'm in the field with my involvement in different chapters and organizations. I am out there a lot, but my phone is always ringing or a text is always there. So it seems I'm, I'm always, you know, on my phone, but I'm always working. That's my tool. Super yeah. Well, I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. <laughs> now, I was going to ask you, you know, what you thought your biggest challenge or any was in the industry, or if you had any specific like incidents that were challenging to you that you felt like 
Sure, sure. And it's a great question. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. I think that going back to like my career in construction, the biggest challenge I've encountered was resistance to technology in our industry. When I first started working for Karsten, all our field pretty much requesting material by like if they had a napkin on site that they could, you know, write down what they needed. They would take a picture, send it our way. Some of them gave us phone calls, some other texts you some stuff. Of course, you know, with construction, they speak Spanish. So there was always like no restructure on how they were trying to get their stuff. So we implemented a new software that actually has everyone talking on the same software. And it's all your estimating gets done there. Then your project managers get to see pretty much all the list of materials. And then us as procurement, we get to talk to our vendors using that as well. When the field needs actual material, they use this system. So it's more centralized and more uniform. But the challenge was, how do you get someone to understand this when they have been doing this for the past 20 years and they have run a very successful line of business? So I think that one of my biggest challenges was to get that point across. And it came with a bunch of research, a bunch of testing, a bunch of training and just reinforcing to them because they're not used to that. And, you know, some people are scared of technology. And I am so, you know, excited to tell you today that we came a long way. And today, all the formats on the field own an iPad where they are submitting this and they're submitting their time and they're doing everything through technology. And we have seen how this has really like helped us as a whole, as a group. So this has been a great challenge, but at the same time, a great reward to watch. That's incredible. What Do you mind if I ask what software you're using? The Plexus system software. It's based in Canada. So yeah, it took us a little bit to get it where we're at today, but it's definitely paying off right now to just to watch everything so organized and everyone speaking the same terms, the same language. It just helps so much. Yeah. And I'm also curious, do you think that has any effect on the idea of diversity and inclusion? Like being able to, for everyone to communicate on an even playing field? Yeah, I do. And I think that, you know, sometimes like when you have a college education, you know, you forget that there's other people that do not have that opportunity to have a college education and they're masters on what they do. And they're so great on the field. And you know that we need them in order to, you know, to construct and to keep our city growing. And sometimes you just gotta, you know, remember that you gotta talk to to that that market and you cannot treat that niche of people the same that you're treating someone else but it is definitely with you know diversity and inclusion of this programs to make them feel welcome because we need them as part of the construction industry to keep going and growing so yes i think absolutely that plays a big role on how we conduct that how we you know how we're perceived by that and how inclusive we are towards this kind of initiatives that's so interesting yeah i met with one of those software companies that does like a cloud-based construction system just to talk about because they have an upcoming conference and I was asking them about their PPE section because they have like an order for placing PPE. And I told them you should put a section in there for women's PPE and like make sure the box is checked so that people are remembering to do it and to order it when they're placing those orders. No, I agree. And you know what? I mean, it was fantastic to actually like be part of the fashion show because you get to see all this like 
people that are, you know, making products for women like your company and some other companies for PPE and stuff. And I just don't think we get enough exposure as women to see really what's out there in the market. Because if I knew there was a special glow that I could buy for my girls in the field, you trust me, I would create that PO in order for them to have that special glow and feel comfortable with that. Yeah, it's so true. Because I think like a, a few years ago, people were saying, oh, these companies don't exist. Now it's, we got to bust the myth that we don't exist. <laughs> because there are, you know, there are companies. Well, let's talk about the fashion show. I want to hear all about what went into this. First of all, where did you ladies come up with this plan to do this at Nawick? Whose idea was it? And did everyone sort of work together? Tell us the story. So this year, you know, I had the opportunity to actually serve as the Woman in Construction Week chair for the Houston chapter. So my whole mission was to use kind of like cross-pollination and bring all the women groups together, you know, being different, being part of the construction, you're either part of the ABC or the AGC or the NAWICs of the world. But I just wanted to see everyone just come together and really maximize the potential that this week truly have, which is, you know, you network, you build your connections and you meet new people, right? So my whole vision was to kind of create a program that could actually like fulfill something in particular for someone. So we started with like a meditation to kind of like take care of the mind, the power of the mind, which I know that, you know, work balance right now, it's a big thing, especially for women on the construction force. And we did a little trivia to kind of educate on what NAWIC was and what Women in Construction Week is and how do we get more people involved in this momentum. And then I wanted to do kind of a hands-on, hey, let's bring this to live and let's use our members instead of models to wear construction products that are in the market and let's create a fashion show. And I first got a pushback on it saying like, you know what, we should just keep this like a little bit more simple. Like there's so many like construction warehouse where we can host this event. But my vision was always like, let's go big because that's the only way we're going to be able to create that vibe that we really need in the construction and tell them, hey, construction can also be glamorous and, and construction can also be fun. I kept my role and I just got really lucky and found a venue that actually could host us to do that. And I had watched another event of a red carpet runway. So I had it already in my mind how I wanted to run. And then I was just like so lucky to, you know, get connected with people like you that it was just an easy, when do we start? Where, where do we use the, the boots at? And then of course it's intimidating, you know, once it, it's a new project, no one knows, no one has done it before, but watching it all go together and people like seriously asking, hey, when is that going to be next year? Because we want to collaborate with you guys. We want to sponsor. We want to participate. So to me, that's what makes it all worth it. I feel that NAWIC has all the power and potential to make this. Like I'm thinking already for next year, Texas. Not thinking Houston. I'm like, let's get San Antonio. Let's get the Austin girls. Let's do this big, you know, because that's the only way to really create that impact in our industry. I mean, it creates an impact in so many ways. And I think for me, like, it's just the energy, just seeing like the sheer energy of yourself, of course, but like all the women involved. I found out about it too late in the game to get there in person this year, but I definitely want to be there next year. So please keep me posted on that. Yes, but, um, yeah. 
Yeah, oh, thank you. All the women who modeled our boots, like they got in touch with us. They were so excited. You know, they were so energized. I mean, I think you just did such good for the morale of the community. You know, you're definitely following your passion and achieving your mission. And it's just a, such a really cool project. Do you have any thoughts on for next year? What else you might do other than the fashion show? Sure. So the Houston Rodeo is also something really big that's happening during those times. I think that next year we're going to focus on creating our social event somehow to get involved with the rodeo committees and actually bring some collaboration together. So I think that that's pretty exciting. We have a fantastic lady that's taking on the committee for next year. I got fortunate enough to be nominated to be vice president for NAWIC for next year. So I got to kind of let someone else kind of take that boat and travel. And, and I'm confident that that person has definitely that ethic and that vision to definitely keep the fashion show and go big with it. And at the same time, incorporate somehow rodeo in the mix. Oh my God. <laughs> so much fun. Well, yeah, congrats I, on the vice presidential nomination at NAWIC. That's really cool. I have a feeling you will still be involved with the fashion show. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know me well, Emily. <laughs> okay. So when we asked you some of your points that you know you felt were important to discuss today, one of the things you mentioned was being in the company of women. And I would love to know what you mean by that exactly. Sure. So I think that, you know, there's always like that controversy right now going in our industry, like men and women in that division. And I just think that, you know, it really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your gender. If you're willing to put in the work and have the work ethic and, you know, you can perform to that level of excellence, it doesn't matter on that division. However, I am a firm believer that, you know, you can accomplish so much more if you surround yourself by the right woman in your career. So on the mentality that you got to build your own board of directors as a professional. And that's what I've done pretty much throughout the years. You go and get involved in different associations and you learn so much from different leaders and the way they're, you know, approaching things in their company and the way they're growing and stuff. So I think that the company of women in construction, it's very, very important. And every single woman that's part of the industry needs to go out there, needs to find that group that's actually, you know, like it could be ABC that has the ladies operating for growth and construction. NAWIC has pretty much a chapter everywhere nationwide. There's just so many of them, but you have to keep yourself in the company of women and to surround yourself with the right woman in order to take it to the next level. I love that. And you mentioned that the concept of your own board of directors. If you as a person, as a professional, having your own board of directors. Now, I know you don't mean literally, but can you tell us exactly what you mean by that? And how can we make that as regular people out in the industry? How can we make that happen for ourselves? Sure. So I think that, you know, the, the first step to that is like self-awareness, right? Like know your worth, know what you're good at and know what value you can provide to someone else. It can be on mentorship. You might be like, for example, on myself, I'm really good at, you know, timing and logistics and planning and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. And I might meet a woman that's really good with the technical side of the house. And she's great with, you know, field operations and the way she's handling all these projects and, and 
big numbers, right? So I would add that woman to my board of directors because I want to learn from that woman and I want to build a relationship with that person so I can, of course, learn from her and also be creating that board of directors, that's what we're calling. And so it goes, it could be someone, you know, you really like how they're doing their marketing and you might be lacking that as well. So just kind of creating that support system of board of directors that you know that they're gonna be there for you and you're gonna be there for you. And that's how, you know, we accomplish and how we grow. So do you think you should actually sit down, like as if you're running a company, and make a list of what talents are missing and what type of expertise you need and then go actively seek out those people as mentors? So I think that, you know, a lot of groups offer a lot of mentoring programs that people can get involved. However, on my personal experience, the way I've been doing this, build your own board of directors getting involved in this like leadership panels or just like just opportunities out there you get to know which traits do you admire if there's any skill that you want to be part of and it's as easy as you know going for it asking that person like hey i really like what you said and how you said it about this and that i would love to get to meet you on a one-on-one let's schedule something and that's how you start and that's how it wraps around I am extremely honored because I got a really good mentor and it would kind of happen like that, like word of mouth. Hey, I like what you said. I think you have potential and it's just the power of two, right? It's an easy match. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I love it. And then you also talked about the power of visibility and I would love to know what you meant by that. Do you mean like the power of making yourself seen or are you just saying like, The more women there are, the more visible we are in the workplace, the more power we have. So what I meant with the power of visibility is as much momentum we're doing with, you know, Women in Construction Week and leadership panels and growing more chapters of ABC logic and as much, you know, momentum that tells, I still think that we need to create a bigger platform to kind of connect, share, inform, educate women in the construction industry. You know, there's always so much events happening in the women in construction world. And one good thing that COVID brought to the table, it was those like virtual opportunities to learn and connect. So you got to actually like experience people from like across the nation and learn from them. As in, I feel like before COVID, we were just in our chapters, in our cities, just dealing in our little box, right? So that's what kind of like inspired me to create so many construction on the go to start kind of like putting that platform out there for everyone and create a space to create awareness and promote all these opportunities. So my whole thing, like, from my background in Mexico is you can't be what you can't see, right? So we need to make more noise with the power of visibility in social media so the future generation sees that there's leaders, women in construction out there making a change, making it happen, so they want to become one of them in the future. So Women in Construction on the Go is your social media platform, right? Is that on Instagram? Yes, that is on Instagram. I started this like a year and a half ago and it's slowly building momentum. 
I have like little tiny sections that I do like on Tuesday, Terminology Tuesday, and just throw something out there, Wisdom Wednesdays. And the whole purpose of this is to, you know, take everything that's spiritual or everything that's happening and help it promote. So we start making more noise in the industry. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I love it. I love that you did that. You created that platform. Another way for people to connect, um, not just in person, but online. And, you know, I want to, before we go, I want to hear about, because I read an article about a project you did with the Greater Houston Ladies Operating for Growth and Construction. Is that the name of the organization? Yes, you got it right. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> Yes. So are you referring to the community service, the recent community service? You build a home? Yes. So uh, we, I wish we built a home. We actually helped just kind of like repair the house. So yeah, this was actually also part of our Women in Construction Week this year. And the whole intention was to finish out strong, put power tools in women's hands and give them the opportunity to get exposed to the field, if you're in marketing, if you're in finance, to get out there and, you know, get the work done. So we, it was actually a rainy, very cold day on spring in Houston. So that actually never happens. It was also a rodeo, a big concert night. And we still had 45 women just show up from different groups, freezing, but we were there and help a veteran woman repair her house. So it was a collaboration that we did with Rebuilding Houston together. And it was fantastic just to, you know, you laugh, you get upset. There's like so many emotions that go throughout the day. But I think that everyone loved that opportunity too. We had Fox there to just kind of do a little section on how, you know, women are part of the construction industry and we're helping also homeowners to repair and we can carry the wood around and we can use the circular saw and we're ready for whatever comes our way to take action on. So cool. And I love that you can bring women from various aspects of the construction industry, various like office jobs and field jobs together to work together and see what's possible. Give them that, that confidence that they can do it. And maybe there's even other options for them within their company that they hadn't even thought of. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it was a very eye-opener experience for everyone and you know those people that have never touched a power tool are gonna want to do that again because it's exciting you know and just being surrounded by women too made it a little bit more comfortable to just kind of like be more relaxed so yeah it was a fantastic day i am so happy we got to do that as well that's so great well what project would you say right now that you're working on is the one you're most excited about That is a great question. We just have so many of them. We are working on one that's called the TMC. And that is the one that, you know, I always get requests for. And there's always something that we need to like put particular attention to on that one. But honestly, Emily, like every single project is very, very unique. And it's funny how you learn from like each one of them. They all come with their own challenges And the day that you think that everything's going to go perfect on the job site with a material delivery is that day that every single thing goes the opposite. So it's all about, you know, fixing that chaos. And then with the Houston weather, 
It's just so unpredictable that the day that you think that you're going to do this big tile delivery and you're ready to stock that job with material, we get a freaking hurricane or something. So everything gets delayed. So just like every single one of them are so exciting. But if I would have to pick one, it would be that TMC project. I love that you're such a, a careful planner logistics person, but you clearly thrive on the chaos of the situation. I do. It's pretty sad. I don't think of my boss. Now, where can our listeners get in touch with you and also follow your web pages? Sure. As far as Carson Interior Services? Sure. You could tell us all about that one and about your personal ones as well. Yeah. Carson Interior Services pretty much has been in business for 26 years. It's a family-owned subcontractor company in Houston that specializes in drywall, finishing, acoustical, and paint. And it's a great, great company. I love it. It's honestly my home away from my actual home in Mexico. So it, it's just a fantastic company. The website that we currently have is carsoninteriors.com. And that's pretty much our platform there. As far as to get in touch with me to promote anything that has to do with woman empowerment, opportunities, different events, you can follow the Instagram account, which is Week on the Go, which stands for Woman in Construction on the Go. Okay, I love that. Well, Nora Liz Casanova, also known as Nora Casanova. I wouldn't say your whole name, but I know that you're known as Nora. Houston, rising star in real estate and leader in the women in construction industry and the construction field in general in the Houston area. And that's the Nawick Houston chapter, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today and you know, just spreading your energy and your obvious passion with our audience. We are so excited for all of the upcoming projects you've got going on with NAWIC and with the fashion show. And and congratulations on your your vice presidential nomination for NAWIC. And I have to say congratulations on your upcoming wedding as well. Thank you so much, Emily. Seriously, I'm so honored to be a part of this. Thank you for creating this space for women like me. And I look forward to many, many projects with you. Me too. Me too, Nora. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.